Yeah. No, I think in like 30 to 50 years from now, when people look back on this era of superhero movies, they're going to be like, are you guys okay? Is everything, <laughs> is, is everything okay? Because like, I know you had some political issues going on, you know, your right. president got impeached twice, you know, no big deal. But like, are you guys okay? These movies are <laughs> dark, you know, so... <laughs> Hey everyone, I'm Skyler. And I'm Gary. And this is the Nerds Inc. Podcast. Today we are discussing a very interesting topic that Gary and I have kind of gone back and forth about. We've briefly touched on it on the pod here before. Um, But I think now's a great time to address it because it is kind of like um, the other side, the other view on superheroes in American society. And we're yep. simply asking the question, do Americans have a superhero problem? <laughs> Gary, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, I know before we jumped on, you and I had a brief descri- uh, discussion about this. And I feel like people aren't going to expect what we actually have to say about this topic. Yeah. And I think it's an, an important thing to talk about, even as fellow nerds, even as people, uh, you know, you and I both thoroughly enjoy superheroes, but it's also good to hear the other side, right? The other uh, yeah. devil's advocate, if you will. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> especially, you know, after The Flash came out and with all the talk about superhero fatigue and, and all of that, you know, this discussion is very timely. Yes. Yes. So let us jump right into it. My first question for you, my friend, why do we as Americans love superheroes so much? Um, So it goes, in my opinion, and a lot of people compare it to like Westerns, that mindset or that ideology of, hey, you know, I can do something that may not necessarily be illegal, but is still somewhat helpful towards the public. And I can get praise for it. And so it's just that mindset of, you know, want, some people want to help people. Um, and also, as we see specifically over the, like, the last 10 to 12 years, you know, superheroes are easy to make into big blockbusters with lots of explosions and things like that. So that's the, that, to me, that's the ma- those are the two main reasons. Yeah, I think um, I think it also has to do with a little bit about the way our society has progressed, right? So mm-hmm. when we're thinking about the rise in superhero films was really kind of post 9-11. Yeah. Um, we had uh, obviously a few released kind of right before that, right at the end of the 90s there. But they yeah. really exploded in this post 9-11 world where at least in American society, you know, you're worried about the threats of terrorism. You're worried about the threats of, of violence. And then, of mm-hmm. course, the whole rise of like homegrown terrorism and, you know, yeah. violent extremists like it almost seems like as a society, we kind of want to be saved that Mm -hmm. we want um, heroes to kind of come in and like clean up the mess that the police aren't able to do that. The Mm -hmm. military isn't able to do, because when you look at the police and the military, regardless of how you feel about it, there is kind of some corruption there. There is a sense that, you know, law and order takes forever or, you know, justice is not uh, really the answer a lot of the time with the whole, uh, you know, justice is blind. So I feel like as a society, we like the idea of a being or a group of people who can kind of skirt around the laws of the whole red tape and yellow tape of police and lawyers, and they can Mm -hmm. kind of get it done right away. So I think there's really an allure there for that. You know, even if Mm -hmm. you don't pick up a comic, if you just watch the shows or you go to the movies to see Marvel, DC, Dark Horse, 
um, you know, we're always looking for like those people that can do what needs to be done when nobody else will do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I definitely agree with that um, because you really look at specifically we've had since 2000, what, like seven different Batman films um, or at least seven different Batman iterations, whether it be animated or live action. And that's kind of like the biggest draw for Batman. You know, it's the mm-hmm. fact that he he may work with the police. But he can do things that the police aren't able or willing to do. You know, he can interrogate. He can find people in ways that the police aren't able to. And I think that a lot of things like that, especially, you know, with, you know, a huge rise in human trafficking and things like that um, mm-hmm. over the last, you know, two or three decades, it's caused a lot of people to really feel like, you know, we need to have someone save us. Yeah. So brings me to my first question Um, with the success of Marvel and DC. um, Do you think we've essentially gotten to the point where we do need to be saved? Yeah, I think, I mean, that really touches on kind of what you and I were just talking about, but certainly um, I think in a lot of, a lot of sense that we do, although it is kind of interesting. And I know that we kind of touched on this with our, uh, our super villain and our villain episode when I was asking you those questions that I've, what I've also noticed is it's not just the heroes that people are really attracted to, but it's the villains and it's the Mm -hmm. anti-heroes. So, I mean, even Batman has kind of become more of an anti-hero, you know, in like the last 20 years than he has been a hero. Um, and you think of like anti-heroes like Deadpool, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's just so many great examples where I think, you know, people are starting to really appreciate like those heroes with that edge. You know, mm-hmm. The Venom movies have been wildly successful, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I think I think it's a combination of like the hero and the villain. But I think people love that sweet spot of the anti-hero who isn't afraid to kill and curse and and do a lot of things that a lot of heroes like Batman who doesn't believe in killing will do. So, uh, but it is just kind of fascinating because it's like, we want to be saved. We realize that the justice system isn't always working out in our favor, uh, particularly for, you know, minority groups, people of color. Um, we, we see the disenfranchisement, the systemic racism. And I think, you know, we, we turn to heroes as, as our saviors and we kind of, you know, use it as, as a form of escapism. Of course, we escape into comic books and movies and TV. And I think, um, large part, like even if you don't, you personally want to be saved, you want your community to be saved. You want your culture to be saved. You want your people, your city, you know, your state, you know, we all want that. So I think by and large, yeah, like we have become a culture that's like, it almost seems like we're kind of watching the downfall of humanity. Like those are all the memes. Those are all the jokes, right. That we're kind of watching democracy in America and just humanity in general, just kind of slowly spiral down the drain. And especially, you know, in this post COVID world, and even right before COVID with the whole Donald Trump presidency, you know, however you feel about it, you can certainly see the polarization and the tension going on. And I definitely feel like because we're watching that, we definitely need to escape now more than ever. We want to be saved now more than ever. But what do you think? Yeah. Um, I'm going to use an example from a movie that you and I both actually really like, uh, maybe even love. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but man of steel, um, for all that it does for the DCEU at the time, it was polarized because people felt like, on one hand, this Superman does way too much damage to be considered a hero. But then on the other hand, it's like, okay, but he really connects and resonates with humanity. So 
on the topic of do we are we as a society in the need of being saved man of steel is the perfect film that kind of encapsulates what that looks like for us because even um the ramifications of that film in bvs talked about okay he's an alien he saved us from an invasion but look at all the damage he caused and you know is he really good for society things like that and that's kind of like what we're having right now this conversation of okay superheroes are good they're great escapisms but are they really good for what we're aiming for in society and if you really look at a lot of times these type of films they really do take those same themes of things are wrong in in certain communities things are not right or there's corruption somewhere and it kind of pushes it to the next level so that it can fit a big blockbuster film with the superhero film like we saw with um, the Batman recently you know things like that so said all that to say to kind of answer the question in a sense yes uh, we do need to be saved um, due to all the points that you mentioned before with the way that society has gotten uh, the huge push of uh, social media and the news to really keep the negative topics in the forefront to get clicks and things like that has really caused a lot more anxiety and depression across the, the, the world really. And it has made us a lot more pessimistic as a society, which superhero films bring a little bit more hope typically. Right. No, and I'm really glad that you brought up Man of Steel because, yeah, for all the polarization that that film caused where everyone's like, oh my gosh, but, you know, they're destroying all these buildings. But then, like, if you look at it, like, if Superman actually existed in this world, and I know that Zack Snyder, you know, uh, said in, in multiple interviews with the promotion of that film, it's like, what if you actually put Superman in today's world? Now, this is back in 2012, 2013, when they mm-hmm. were doing the promotion for it, when the film was released. But, like, yeah, I mean if you put Superman in today's world, like what would that look like? What would that be like? How would he be treated? But then at the Mm -hmm. same time, like it is a lot more realistic to think that like, even as amazing as he is and with all of his abilities, that if he gets into a fight in the middle of a city and he's a brand new superhero, like just figuring out his powers, like he's not going to be able to like, Oh, maybe I should avoid that building or maybe Mm -hmm. I shouldn't. Or, you know, like he was doing everything he could to like stop general Zod. But like, yeah, like everyone's like, Oh, but there was so much death and destruction. And it's like, yes, because he doesn't know what he's doing yet. And like, he's just figuring things out and trying to stop this guy. So I think you also have to look at it through that lens. Um, But I think it's the most realistic thing. Cause I think if you or I, or any of our listeners, like if you guys develop superpowers and you're trying to stop somebody, you're going to definitely make a lot of mistakes, especially like those first couple years. Yeah, especially um, if you're just fighting shows... three Kryptonians. <laughs> yeah, you're fighting three superpowered Kryptonians across a city um, and kind of across the world. Like, there's only so much you can do. Yep. Um, and I think that it also shows that, like, Superman isn't perfect, even with all of his mm-hmm. powers and abilities. Like, people are going to die. You know, tragedy is still going to happen. And I right. think that's why a lot of people did connect to that story. Um, yeah. So, my next question for you, my friend. Has film and TV become superhero or bust? What do you think? I actually like this question. Um, And it's kind of a lengthy answer. Uh, So I apologize for the long diatribe I'm about to go on. But yes and no. Um, And I'm going to break it up. Film has become superhero or bust because 
uh, as you and I have talked about uh, privately um, and then a little bit on social media. When it comes to the box office, which is what most studios look for, superhero movies far and away out exceed any other genre when it comes to you know bringing in revenue. A uh, typical superhero bu- uh, movie budget is going to at minimum be five hundred million. Um, at most, it'll end up being um, like maybe six, seven hundred. Um, if it's like a real big blockbuster, unless it's something like Avengers Endgame and you have everything across the entire universe in there. But let's go smallest one, uh, which was most recently The Flash. Uh, 200 million was the the budget across the board uh, before marketing. If the film does not reach uh, three times what it makes, it's, it's a flop. It fails. So with the superhero films, because typically they're hitting three, four, five hundred million for their budget, they have to come out during times where more people are going to be able to see it, which means they're going to have not only a larger audience, but they're going to have um, longer run times uh, in theaters because they need to maximize the revenue. So with that, you typically see during off seasons, which is typically between January and April and then from September to to about November, where a lot of the other films that are more considered more indie type films will get shown in theaters for periods of time. And you'll see a, a couple of like superhero films during that time. Superhero films have to make a lot of money or else these studios are going to go under. We look at films like Avatar. Um, we look at films like Mission Impossible. Those are really good films and are good franchises. Those are really big. But those typically come out maybe... Well, once every two, three years, you're not going to get a Mission Impossible or an Avatar film every other year because, for one, it takes a lot to film it. And then, two, it's, it's a lot that goes into post-production. Um, even looking at a film like Oppenheimer, you know, it's a it's going to look to be a really good film, but it's not going to be a big blockbuster. It's one of those more dramatic types. Studios aren't really putting money on those to say, OK, you have to hit a billion or you have to hit 800 million. They're like. If you make at least double your money, we'll, we'll be happy. Unless you're like James Cameron with Avatar and you got to do obscene amounts of money. So I say all that to say, when it comes to film, yes, it's superhero bust. Um, they have to make their money back. TV is different, though, because when we look at TV, it and you and I, I think we talked about this on uh, an episode. TV is more so about character and story. It's more about telling a long form story over a long period of time where you can keep people interested week to week, or if they're binging, make them not have to say, okay, I'm going to turn this off now after this episode It's let's keep going. So with TV, I don't think it's superhero bust. I think superheroes actually take a back seat big time when it comes to TV, because you look at some of the best TV shows out there. Uh, you have shows like you and I talked about like the bear. Um, you have shows like back, uh, black mirror, um, some in the past, like House of Cards. Um, you have a lot of crime dramas, things like that. Shows that can really bring the intrigue and um, keep people invested either week to week or to binge for entire uh, hours. Whereas superhero shows don't typically have a lot of that uh, intrigue and that type of draw. You know, you'll have a show like uh, Daredevil or 
uh, you'll have a show like Arrow and Flash where they're interesting. They'll draw in people who are interested in the genre, but it's more a niche. You know, you have to already be a fan of the shows because you're not going to put someone like Batman in a TV series because Batman is too big for that. You're not going to, although one of my favorite shows right now is Superman and Lois, you're not really going to make a show about Superman only. You know, it has to have a little bit more entry than that. So TV, no, uh, I don't think it's boomer bust, but film, yes, for sure. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think I'm, we definitely shared the same thoughts on, on TV, but with film, I would, I would almost argue that like, while within like the last decade, uh, and of course within like the last 20 years, uh, movie, uh, superhero movies have really dominated the box office. I would honestly say that what really draws crowds to theaters, um, especially in a post pandemic world, because people I think are being a lot more selective and they're waiting for movies to go yeah. to streaming, which I don't blame them. Right. I think you, you put any giant action blockbuster in theaters and people are going to want to go see it. Like that's, what's going to sell the tickets. Um, I agree with you that whereas the TV side is a lot more character based, you can get character films and movies, but those are typically like the Oscar you know, nominated right. films and they come out in like late fall, early winter, and then they're mm-hmm. nominated. Um, but yeah, like I would, I look at like, you know, Top Gun Maverick, you know, mm-hmm. like obviously this is, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. We're slowly kind of coming out of it. The vaccines are just rolling out. And then Tom Cruise is pushing Top Gun Maverick to theaters exclusively because he knows that like, you know, it's, it's now or never, you know, uh, for, for getting people back in the seats because that's where some of these major studios are making a majority of their money. Mm-hmm. So I think if you take a Top Gun Maverick or you take another Tom Cruise franchise like Mission Impossible or another big franchise like James Bond, um, mm-hmm. you know, Fast yeah. and Furious, you know, even with his as as much as, you know, we've detested where the story <laughs> has gone, you know, Fast and Furious is still a largely entertaining pop con- uh, popcorn blockbuster. Right. Yeah. So um, I think you take any big I mean, even John Wick. Right. John Wick, especially. Um, any of these big action franchises are going to draw people to the seats because they can kind of turn their brain off for a little bit. You know, they can suspend their suspension of disbelief um, <laughs> and they can really just sit back and enjoy mindless action. Um, and that's, that's what's, especially during the summertime, like summer blockbusters are all the rage for that reason. So mm-hmm. um, I, I will say that yes, superheroes are the, like the main draw lately, but also for those people that are getting some of that superhero fatigue, because I do think it does exist to a degree with a lot more casual fans and people who might not watch every single superhero movie. Like they're not even really casual. They're more of like an acquaintance of superhero movies. Right. Um, for those people that are getting really sick of it, I think they're probably going to enjoy a John Wick or a, a Fast 10, maybe a little bit more. Um, and they might go to see that. So definitely for film, for TV, like you were saying, I would almost say that it's kind of the reverse where superhero shows, while they're very popular on Disney Plus, just kind of with the nature of what you know Phase Four was, um, I would almost say that they are definitely more niche. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you still have the the giant HBO shows like Succession, House of the Dragon, um, right? Most recently, The Last of Us. Mm-hmm. Like these are the shows that are drawing in all of these audiences, and they're getting millions and millions of views every episode because of like the compelling nature of both the plot, the characters, um, they have phenomenal casts, you know, most recently, of course, yeah, the, the bear season two just came out for Hulu and that is kind of a rare commodity for Hulu because they were able to drop the entire season instead of releasing certain episodes. So same thing with Netflix, stranger things, right. You know, um, you know, they're, they're, uh, of course getting ready to come out with the next season of the Witcher. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a lot more room for novels and video game adaptions and just for really great writers and storytelling 
where that's that's the focus of TV. That's what people are going to watch. And I think mm-hmm. because I would say that streaming is so much more accessible and affordable compared to like going to see a movie every weekend, you know, mm-hmm. with if you got a bunch of kids or you got a bunch of family, um, it's a lot more affordable to just sit at home and watch something. You right. have a lot more wider variety. So yeah. I agree with you. I, I wouldn't even say that it's superhero bus for film, but I would say that it's the dominant force of blockbusters right now is superheroes but for tv it's definitely not superhero bust yeah and just to touch on your point when it comes to the streaming aspect like uh, i really want to talk about stranger things for a quick second like if you look at that stranger things almost broke netflix's bandwidth that's how big it was when they first dropped um and you won't see any like when the mandalorian season um two came out a couple of years ago it almost did the same thing for Disney plus, you know, almost broke the bandwidth to them. No one was breaking bandwidth for Ms. Marvel. No one was breaking bandwidth for moon Knight. Like people will watch it, but it wasn't one of those things where it's like, okay, let's go, let's go check this out. And I think kind of a part of that is just due to the fact that, and I hate to say this, um, this goes into the superhero fatigue type of thing, but for some reason, people just don't know how to write compelling superhero TV shows. And it's kind of sickening. Yeah. I mean, it's like you said, I think we've gotten some rare examples. Like I think Daredevil, when it was on Netflix, was a great example because it was such a great story in addition to all like the lore of the comic book for Daredevil. But it was just a really well-written story. And I definitely think that TV audiences value story and character overall, everything else. Whereas block, you know, those that want to go see a blockbuster, you're not necessarily valuing that. Like, yeah, people will critique it, but you want to see the explosions. You want to see the big fights. You want to see those really dramatic moments, like at the end of infinity war. Right. Um, You know, like you're, you're looking for some of the drama, but I, you know, I would almost say that like people, they crave something different when they're sitting at home. Agreed. Uh, one last thing, and then I'm going to go to my next question. But uh, I've recently saw Transformers, Rise of the Beast. Uh, absolutely fun movie. I honestly love it. I love 96% of the Transformers movies anyways. We're not, we don't talk about the Mark Wahlberg ones. But uh, <laughs> to me, that the Transformers movies kind of uh, really conceptualize what we're talking about. You know, They have no story. They're the same thing day in and day out. But people don't go for the story for Transformers. You know, Transformers is always going to make a really good box office because it has big robots fighting each other and you see in parts and stuff fly off and carnage everywhere. So, yeah, that. Yeah. Perfect example. So my next question for you, uh, what does this moment in history really tell us about superhero stories? This is a good question. Um, I think we've really seen the evolution of, of superhero storytelling, especially now that Disney plus has been adapting more kind of fringe Marvel characters, because I I've noticed that now we're getting more political or cultural and societal issues told in our superhero stories where like, it's not just, you know, I'm thinking of like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man trilogy. (laughs) It's not just, it's not just Spider-Man swinging through the city you know, dealing with girlfriend problems, got to stop Dr. Octopus, got to stop his best friend, Harry Osborn. Like it's not that simple anymore. Right. You look at like stories like Black Panther, you know, Black Panther one and then two Wakanda forever. Like these are politically charged stories where it's mm-hmm. like, what does it mean to, to keep your nation hidden? What does it mean to, 
you know, conserve your technology and your wealth for your society because you don't want to be poached like every other African nation. Yeah. And then what does it mean when another, you know, underwater society is also dealing with these, these issues? Right. And then like, even I think, you know, two of the most popular Captain America movies, which were Captain America Winter Soldier and Captain America Civil War, these were all politically charged issues that are very relevant to what we're talking about today. Mm -hmm. Um, Even Falcon and the Winter Soldier talked about this on Disney Plus, Mm -hmm. where they're starting to get into more of like what affects our day to day lives as American citizens. And I think it's more reflective of what's going on in society because there's always the old adage of where people say, like, you know, art imitates life or life imitates art. It can go either way. But I think right now art is really imitating life um, to the degree of like what can really tug at your heartstrings, what's important right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I personally really enjoy that. I like that. We're not just, it's not just a superhero story for the sake of it. Um, Although I I would say most recently with into the spider verse and across the spider verse, you know, the miles Morales story, I think that is more about family and kind Mm -hmm. of belonging, which kind of takes it back more to the simpler roots, which is nice. But Mm -hmm. by and large, I think we're starting to see more of like the cultural and societal impacts of kind of what's going on. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. And I feel like a lot of that is just due to the fact that we're seeing two things with this. One, um, we're seeing more diversity in regards to not only just what's being presented on screen, but also behind the cameras. You know, we're seeing a lot more uh, writers of color. We're seeing a lot more directors of color. We're seeing a lot more people from different communities like the LGBTQ plus community. All of that being included in these rooms that were typically ain't, uh, given specifically to the majority white men. But now we're, we're seeing women, we're seeing uh, people from the LGBTQ plus women, uh, people of color, all of that being included. And so we're getting these stories that would affect everyone's lives outside of just the typical, like you mentioned, like family type stories, you know? So um, I feel like what, when we look back, you know, 20, 30 years from now, we're going to look on, you know, this era of superhero movies and realize like, you know, there was a lot that was actually told um, story-wise from these films that really portrayed what uh, society was and is like at this point in time. Yeah, no, I think in like 30 to 50 years from now, when people look back on this era of superhero movies, they're going to be like, are you guys okay? Is, every- <laughs> is, is everything okay? Cause like, I know you had some political issues going on, you know, your right. president got impeached twice, you know, no big deal, but like, are you guys okay? These movies are <laughs> dark. you know. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, it's interesting for sure. But, you know, movies always kind of movies and TV always tell the era right. uh, of their time that they're made in. So like, that's why jokes from sitcoms like friends and, you know, all, you know, Frasier and cheers and all that stuff. Like they don't resonate with us today. Like yeah. it's, it's always like, it's always very topical. That's true. Um, my next question for you, my friend, where do you see the genre evolving? So this is a tough question. And I'm going to say this because, I don't necessarily see superhero movies as a genre. Um, I see it. Well, I guess you technically it is. It's more so like a super genre. And then it has multiple sub genres under it. Cause you can have like uh winter soldier is a thriller drama. 
but it's under the superhero genre as well. So um, one thing that I've noticed a lot more specifically with Marvel, um, and I'm um, glad that we're actually having this conversation after uh, Secret Invasion dropped uh, episode one, but I feel like we're going to see a lot more diversity in the genre in regards to the type of films and TV series that we get, you know, over the last three years, we've gotten a lot of really comedic type superhero films. Um, the one film that wasn't necessarily fully comedic, but was a lot different from the others. Uh, I look, I think of uh, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Uh, it kind of tiptoed that horror line. I kind of wish they would have delved into a little bit more, especially with Sam Raimi at the helm. Um, I think that would have been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, but then you, I think about Shang-Chi, uh, that one really tied and dabbled in the uh, martial arts type of genre. Um, and then we have the Eternals, which although a lot of people don't like it, I think it was okay. Um, it do- it do- dove headfirst into that dramatic type of genre, uh, more of an adventure rather than an action type flick that most people can uh, consider superhero films part of. So, I see the evolution being more so an expansion on the lesser known dramas or the lesser known uh, genres that we see, such as, you know, horror, things like that. And if we see that, then I think that will kind of take away some of that superhero fatigue because you won't be getting the same formulaic type of content like you saw with Thor, Love and Thunder, uh, The Flash and those type of films. What do you think? Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. I think that you know, people still look at superhero as a genre to itself because I think for the last twenty years, it really the last twenty years, it really has been. Um, but now you are starting to see it kind of become like this hybrid thing. But it's very similar to music, mm-hmm. like when hip hop came out, or even rock. You know, like there's all these evolutions and subgenres, like alternative, and like with hip hop, you know, now you have you know people uh, kind of evolving, kind of the, the different beats and, and the atmosphere of that. So. I honestly feel like it's the same with superhero genre where it started out as this big thing and now it's evolving where you're in, introducing elements like suspense, thriller, horror, like you said, and like obviously most recently some more of the politically charged stuff. And then I think the diversity is a really big point. I think the genre is going to continue to evo- um, evolve into what we see with like a Miss Marvel, with mm-hmm. what we saw in, you know, Shang-Chi, um, you know, uh, Black Panther, mm-hmm. um, where we're seeing much more representation from our heroes right. that reflects society in, in today's America versus just like the traditional superhero. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like you and I both know this because we've already seen the backlash. And then this is just with regular casting yep. is that we're going to get a lot of angry people because of it. There's going to be a lot of angry review bombing and just a lot of really fringe people that don't accept that these are characters that have already existed in the comics, or these are yep. characters that might be being created today, right now that we'll see on screen in 10 years yep. um, where there are plenty of diverse characters and stories to tell. And I think it's going to continue to make people mad. And, you know, people can, people can try to use that to divide us, but like ultimately like these stories deserve to be told. They're going mm. to be told in some medium. So I think that's going to keep evolving. I think exactly what you said. I think we're going to see, and I know like movies like New Mutants tried to do this, but it <laughs> failed. And, you know, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness tried to do this and failed, like whole horror element. But I think we will see more successful directors and writers actually craft a horror superhero story or a yeah. thriller superhero story. Um, it doesn't have to just be action, beat up explosions, Michael Bay, Zack Snyder, yeah. right? It can definitely... It can be a lot more nuanced than that. Um, 
and I think like like that's why directors like Christopher Nolan were so successful in like their Dark Knight trilogy, yes. because you know his trilogy was a lot more than just Batman punching people. Right, you know, there was a lot, a lot of underlying themes there. Um, yeah, so like I'm always excited to see that because yeah, I think where the superhero fatigue is coming from is it's coming from just the giant fights and explosions. Like as yeah. much as we loved Infinity War and Endgame, I think everything leading up to that aside from like Captain America's story was by and large, like origin story, gets superpowers, fights, bad guy, family's in trouble, you know, Avengers family or fights, bad guy again, girlfriend's mm -hmm. in trouble, fights back, you know, and it's becoming so much more than that now. And it has to, because I think if the genre doesn't continue to evolve in that way, it is going to start losing revenue, mm -hmm. but I don't see that happening. I see, I think it's always going to kind of remain a core part. Yeah. And I, I feel like these stories have to evolve because the comics evolved, you know, yeah. you and I, we both read comics. And I think you say you're one of your favorite characters is uh, Spider-Man throughout yeah. history from the time Spider-Man was conceived up until I want to say maybe late nineties, you know, Spider-Man went through several different iterations of several different transformations to the point where he almost was completely written out for a new character in Ben Riley. But, you know, due to fan backlash and all that, they reversed all that, changed it. And now we got Ben Riley as a separate Spider-Man, um, even though he's now a villain in the most recent uh, Zeb Wells run. It was crazy. But yeah. um, then we got to the early 2000s. And this is where the real transformation in Spider-Man came because we got to see him almost get well, technically get married. We got to see him start to, you know, evolve with children and things like that. But then they wanted to revert back to it. And that's kind of like the issue that a lot of comic book fans have with Marvel with Spider-Man. I feel like we're going to kind of go through that with superhero films. We're going to see these characters change, evolve, and grow to more so fit what where we are in society. And then we may revert back eventually. But I'm hoping that doesn't that revert back doesn't happen. No, it doesn't. And I think that there are movies that can kind of take us back or stories in general that can kind of take us back to the roots of family. Like I do think of like a um, Across the Spider-Verse most recently, which we definitely are going to be doing a review yes. episode of that. We have to. It was so good. <laughs> um, so stay tuned for that. But, um, you know, where it does take it back to those those friendships, uh, the, the familial elements, but we get to see it in a new light because it is a different culture, because it is a different neighborhood, because it's a different part of society that we haven't seen before. Mm -hmm. And I think like that's the important thing is that I don't think any of like those timeless stories of like, you know, familial trouble or revenge stories are ever gonna go away. Of no. course. Like that's that's at the root of like our humanity and our core. And they've have there's been stories that have been told like that for hundreds and thousands of years. But right. I think it's the way that you tell it and it's mm -hmm. the perspective that you tell it, like that makes them so compelling and great stories and why we want to keep reading and watching it. Exactly. So but I definitely agree with you. I think that it's interesting to see like you can kind of tell what kind of a time period we are in as a society because that's the story that's being told. Exactly. So my final question for you, my friend, um, do we and how do we evolve from the superhero genre? Yeah, because I and I know a lot of directors, prominent directors, and I forget which one said this, have said that like, oh, you know, it's it's like Westerns. Eventually it's going to go away. It's going to have its day. Yeah. Um, I mean, you think about it since really what, like Iron Man, the first Iron Man came out in what, 2008, 2009? Yeah. 
you know, for what, 15 years now, it has dominated, you know, the market specifically with, with film. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, that's a really long run. I think it's always going to be a genre that people are attracted to, you know, for like what we've talked about with the whole, you know, feeling like society's crumbling, we need to be saved or somebody needs to step up to the plate and do something. I think those are the reason what just naturally is going to always attract people. But I think it's the unique stories that they tell that also keep us coming back. So that is to say, I think the genre is going to continue to evolve like we just talked about. And I think that is going to keep it fresh enough that even if it's not dominating the box office like it has been the last 15 years, Mm -hmm. I still think there's always going to be a subset, just like Westerns still exist. Like Westerns were huge for 20, 30 years and you don't see them as often, but they are still released. They still make TV shows about it. You know, Mm -hmm. Yellowstone is a hugely popular show with Paramount Plus and CBS. Um, You're always going to have a subset of people that are interested in it. And, you know, think of all like the the spinoffs that can happen that we've already seen. So I think it continues to evolve with the genres. I think it's always going to be a part of our society. Now, I'm sure there will be like a new fad that comes into play because that's just what happens. That's the nature of it. You know, mafia movies were big for a while. Western movies were big for a while. I think thrillers are always still going to be big. But I think it continues to reshape and really depending on the way our society is um, what is kind of at the forefront, which now it's superheroes, but I, yeah, I don't think it ever goes away. Yeah. I agree with you on that. Um, I feel like 15 years from now um, we may see a, a slight decline in superhero films, um, but it's going I've, and this goes back to what we were talking about with the evolution of it. I feel like that's going to be because we're going to see more, of the superhero films in like different niche properties, like horror, maybe uh, some in like the specific uh, suspense and drama type things. But I, and this may be, uh, this may be a little bit controversial, but I think sci-fi might be on the come up in the next 10 to 15 years, just because of things like black mirror. um, And honestly, even avatar, you know, the way that they revolutionize technology and things like that. So I don't think superhero films will ever go away. Um, like you said, I do think that they may take a back seat for a period of time, um, but it also depends on how fresh stories can be told and how uh, intertwined they can be with some of the other subgenres. Exactly. Sweet. All right. So that was our discussion on do Americans have a superhero problem? That's really for you guys to decide. Certainly let us know in the reviews and in the comments. If you see us you know, on any of our social media posts, uh, comment, uh, leave us a review. Let us know what you think mm-hmm. uh, because we would certainly love to read your comments in a future mailbag episode. So let us know. Like, Do you think Americans specifically have a superhero problem because – Um, You know, I have some friends overseas in Europe, and I can tell you that they are not as fascinated by superheroes as we are. So I do think it is inherently an American thing where Mm. it's not that other cultures and countries don't love superheroes, but I do think primarily Americans are obsessed with superheroes. So let us know what you think. We would love to hear it. Moving on to the latest update for the superhero, or not superhero, (laughs) scratch that, the latest movie tournament, right, which does include some superhero movies. Um, So, Gary, you want to tell the people what our latest update is? So, we doubled up. We did the North and West region. Um, The matchups were Zootopia versus the Martian in the North region. 
and Godzilla King of the Monsters versus Encanto in the North region. And then in the West, we had Man of Steel versus Deadpool and then Logan versus Avengers Infinity War. So for the North region, uh, we got Zootopia beating out the Martian nine to four. And then we have Encanto beating out Godzilla King of the Monsters seven to four. And then for the West, we got Man of Steel beating out Deadpool eight to five. And then Avengers Infinity War beating out Logan seven to four. So Skylar, what are your thoughts? You know, I think this is the first time in a while, maybe ever since we started this tournament, where I have no complaints. I have no complaints with any of these because these are all movies that I voted for, so I can't say nothing. Um, no, I love this. Um, I'm looking forward to kind of seeing where we're moving on from because now we're out of the semifinals. Um, but no, yeah, I think all of these movies, you know, they're all great in their own way, but I think the ones that won, in my opinion, have more of kind of a lasting impact on just the, the culture, right? The society of, of what we've come to to want from either animation um, or superhero movies. So I have no complaints. What about you? I have two. And anyone who knows me knows the two that I'm about to, I'm about to complain about. But the Martian losing to Zootopia is a crime against humanity. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is absurd. I love Zootopia. It's an absolutely phenomenal movie. But The Martian is one of my top five movies of all time. Like I saw that movie for, uh, when it came out in 2015 in theaters. Fell in love with it. And it's everything that I wanted in a movie. So for it to lose Zootopia to me is a crime. Um, and then... Logan should not have lost Avengers Infinity War. I will stand on that hill. I love Avengers Infinity War. It is a top five MCU movie. Logan is better uh, from start to finish. Logan has more heart. Um, it has a better story. And it stands alone. You know, you don't have to watch every other X-Men movie to understand Logan. Like, yeah, you can go back and watch, you know, the Wolverine or X-Men Origins and all of that, but you can put in Logan as is clean, no prior history and watch it and just fall in love with it because of the performances of Patrick Stewart as Professor X. Um, I forgot the girl's name who plays uh, X-23. Uh, you could um, see Hugh Jackman, you know, all of these people that are doing phenomenal roles and putting in a lot of work for their characters. Uh, this is to me, the difference in a superhero movie and a movie, because Logan is more than just about superheroes. It really tells a, a story about kind of like the last of us, honestly, you know, a post-apocalyptic world where uh, someone has to really protect someone that he knows very little about. So that's my two problems. Uh, I'm more so upset about the Martian than Logan, just because like I said, Martian is a top five movie for me, but it is what it is. I guess people are going to people. Yeah, man. I mean, you're, you're still entitled to your opinion, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's what matters. Right. But we are now in the finals across the board. And this week's uh, matchups will cover all four uh, regions. So I'm gonna go over all four matchups and then, uh, you all, you all will have until Friday, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern time to vote. So on the East region, we have the social network facing off against Interstellar. 
In the south, we have 22 Jump Street facing off against Step Brothers. In the north, it's Encanto versus Zootopia. And then in the west, it's Man of Steel versus Avengers Infinity War. What do you think, Skylar? Yeah, these are going to be some heavy hitters. I'm yeah. telling you right now, if Interstellar doesn't be Social Network, we're going to have problems. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this might be... I mean, yeah, the East and South are, are going to be, I think, highly competitive. It's hardly hard to say which. And then I do love that we do get two animated matchups for the North region for Encanto versus Zootopia. I think yeah. that's pretty evenly matched too. So yeah, we get like a little superhero matchup. We get, you know, animated matchups. So this is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to where people vote. Yeah, I, I find it funny how this kind of all played out where, you know, each region was broken up into two separate uh, genres and then by the time we get to the finals each region has literally one genre representing itself you know you have the drama uh for the uh, east region you have the comedy for the west region the animated for the north and then the superhero for the uh west or the east i'm sorry um i think that's fun uh and it's pretty cool to see how it all pl- played out and i'm excited to see where which one ends up in the championship you know this is going to be interesting to see Agreed. Agreed. It's going to be exciting. Um, once again, you're listening to this episode. We'll have the tournament listed in the show notes. Um, feel free to go and vote um, right away. That way you just kind of get it over with. Um, because, yeah, you will have from Tuesday until Friday evening. That is when we close the polls on Friday. Uh, so if you haven't voted before, now's a great time to do it. Uh, go ahead and vote. Um, doesn't matter when you vote or how you vote. These are just, you know, your opinions on what, you know, you think is the best movie out of those brackets. It's, um, it's always an exciting time, and we, we certainly love kind of discussing it here with all of you. Uh, Gary, my friend, do you have any final thoughts today? Uh, no, nothing at all at this point. Good stuff, good stuff. So, um, yeah, no, just continue to, to check out all the new TV. You know, Black Mirror has a new season out on Netflix. Um, the Bear has its new season out on Hulu. Um uh, I don't know if anyone's watching The Idol on Max or what was formerly HBO Max, but that is starring The Weeknd, which <laughs> I've been watching that. We will talk about that later. That has been interesting. Um, yeah, if, if you're into it. Um, but yeah, otherwise, continue to let us know what you think. We appreciate you guys for listening. As always, I am Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this has been the Nerds Inc. Podcast. We will be back here next week. See you guys then. This is Skylar with the Nerds Inc. Podcast, here to say thanks for listening. And if you're enjoying our weekly discussions, please leave us a review wherever you're listening to this podcast. Ask us a question, provide your thoughts on our discussions, and we may just talk about it in a future episode. Thanks.